0: Starting on the top of Nunalaf Amaralaf, so we were mamish in the middle of the Indian here, the Gemara brought an iboye from Rabaloza regarding the Par Yehme of the kain Godel. Could that be made as a Tmura or not? What does that depend on? A carbon of a Yochid could be made as a Tmura. A carbon of a tsibur or even of Shutfin could not be made as a Tmura. So we know that the Kapoda of this Par is not only for the Koen himself, it's also for his brothers the Kayanim. But the question is, is the kapata mainly for himself, and the brothers the kainim, are sort of riding along with him, floating along with him? Or, no, they are established on this kapata as much as him himself, and therefore, you cannot make it as a tmura. So the gemara brought here a braise, where it, it talks, uh, talks about the stringencies that there are in a carbon, in the original carbon, over the tmura, and the stringencies that there is in the tmura over the carbon itself. And the Gemara uh, said that because it says in the Braise regarding the carbon that we're talking about a carbon that's Noyig bi Yachit What does it say in that Braise? That the chumra of a carbon is that it's Doicha Shabbos and that it's Doicha Tomeh, and the other chumra also is that this carbon can make a tumurah. What kind of a carbon are we talking about that's Doicha Shabbos and Doicha Tomeh, but it can make a Usually those two things don't go together. If it's Doicha Shabbos and Doicha Tomeh, that means that it's a carbon sibur. If it's a carbon seed, it doesn't make a Tmura. So the Gemara wanted to suggest, we're talking about the Par of the Kohen Gadol, which is Dei shabbos and Tomeh, and it could also make a Tmura, because it's a carbon for a yachid. That was the, the Ra'i the Gemara brought. So the Gemara says, no, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the Eil, the oylah, The oylah of the Kohen Gadol, not the Chathos. And then, then the Gemara continues and explains that maybe it's not talking about one carbon. Maybe it's talking about Sheim Zevach. Maybe what we're, what we're saying is that B'chlal, regarding Karbanis, we find stringencies over Tmura. We're not talking about one single carbon. Amongst Karbanis, we find one Chumre that it could be Doicha Shabbos and Tome for one kind of carbon. Another kind of carbon you find that it has a stringency that it can make at murah But maybe we're not even talking about the same carbon So that's the last point that we learned the Gemara says no The Gbraisa is not saying shame zevach Because if we would be talking about carbonus, bechlal, Then you have to include all kinds of carbonus, including Bukhair and meiser And what's the story with Bukhair and meiser? B'choyr and meiser are unique, they're different than all carbonis How? All carbonis you cannot be makdish balmum as a carbon by a b'chayr and a meiser, the kedusha of b'chayr and meiser does take effect even on a balmum. Um, a b'chayr that's born a balmum is a b'chayr. Meiser be that comes out of the barn and you make it a meiser, it could be a meiser even if it's a balmum. So therefore, in this b'chayr, it was saying that the chumra of t'mura is, that by t'mura the kedushah is chal on a balmum, not on karbonis. But if you're saying that it's talking about shame zevach, so then... How, how are we making a distinction between Tmura and Zevach? Zevach, the carbonus includes B'choyer and meister which are Chol and al mum Kavua, and the Yaitz and Chol and L'Gaziz V'lo and therefore, just like a Tmura itself, since the Kedushah is Khal and Al-Balmum, and therefore it cannot be fully redeemed to ever be worked with again, so it should be the same thing regarding a carbon. So that was the last thing we learned. So therefore the Gemara concludes, El Shame Zevach, the Braise here is talking about carbonis and it says that there's a stringency of a carbon over Tmura. It's not talking about all carbonis. It's talking about one particular carbon. So now the Gemana asks the question, Umayishno Tmura, what's the difference what, What's the difference regarding Tmura? We said before that when it mentions Tmura, it's not talking about one particular Tmura. It's talking about, about Tmura of all different kinds of carbonis. So why regarding tamura when the Brai says the stringency of Tmura over the original carbon, it's talking about all kinds of Tmuras. When it talks about zevach, it's not talking about all kinds of carbonates, it's talking about only about one carbon, either the power of Gadol or the isle of the Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara answers shame, Tmura Achasi When the Brai'sa mentions Tmura there is no problem to say that the Brai'sa means all kinds of Tmuras because all tumuras have the exact same aloche There is no difference between one or another kind of a Tmura But if you're going to say that the Braisah is talking about all kinds of carbonus, you can't say that. Because when it comes to carbonus, there are different kinds of carbonus from one end to the other. And there's even the B'choyr and karbonas where the kedushah of the carbon is khal and a balmum. So therefore, you, you have to say that when the Braisah says zevach, it's talking about one particular carbon. So we have two options. Either the Braisah is talking about the par of the Kohen Gadol on Kippur, or it's talking about the isle of the Kohen Gadol on Kippur. That, that's the, the Pshat nebriise. But now the Gemara asks a question, maybe when it talks about that one Zevach, again, we're looking for a unique kind of a carbon. We're looking for a carbon that's and on one hand, but on the other hand it could make a tumura. But the Gemara says, isn't there a third option, according to the Avshashis, that said before that maybe we're not talking about the part of the Kohen Gadot. Maybe we're talking about the isle, which is a carbon the And He says that, that we could be talking about the carbon oilah, the isle, that Adam brings on Yom Kippur. I'll bring you another option, Loikmah B'Pesach, why wouldn't he want to say that the Zevach, that this Braiseh is speaking about, is the carbon Pesach. And this carbon Pesach has the combination of what we're looking for. The Deiches Shabbos Vesat Tomeh, it's a carbon that pushes off Shabbos and tumah, and also V'Oise Tzmura and the carbon pesach is considered to be a carbon of a yachid the carbon yachid so it's a carbon yachid and therefore you can make a temurah so right now the gemara is, is is going according to the opinion that it is a car. that carbon pesach is a carbon yachid and therefore can make a temurah so maybe that is what this brisa was speaking about when it said the zevach that it has all these things in it so the gemara answer is no that, that that's not an option because Kosovar, The Tana of this Brayso holds Ain sheikhten a Pesach a carbon Pesach cannot be brought by one single person. You have to have a Chabura for the carbon Pesach. It's impossible for one person to eat the entire animal of a carbon Pesach. If you remember, we learned this in the the Psachim, One opinion is that you don't have to eat the carbon Pesach. The mitzvah is to eat it, but even if you don't end up eating it, you can bring the carbon Pesach alone. That was the the one that was asking the question. That's what he held. The carbon pesach could be brought by one yachid. So the Gemara answers, no. The carbon pesach must be brought by a chabura because you have the whole point of the carbon pesach is to eat it. So therefore, there's no tmura by a carbon pesach because it's not brought by a yachid. But the Gemara asks, Why can't we say that the case of this b'risa, when it says it is one zevach, that's doiche Shabbos and doiche Tomeh, and you can make it a tumura, maybe it's the Pesach sheni? But Pesach sheni, the Gemara says, it doesn't have to all be eaten. The Pesach sheni." One person brings it alone. What happens by Pesach Shani? The whole difference between the Pesach Rishon and Pesach Shani is that Pesach Rishon, all the Yisrael is bringing it. So you could can, can find a group to join you. By Pesach Shani, what happens if a person is alone? He was Tomei, and now he has to bring the Pesach Shani. So he could bring it alone by the Pesach Shani. So it is a carbon yachid. That did the Pesach Rishon. B'nei did, no, 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 the other way around. You have to have that Rav Bnei Yisrael did the Pesach Rishon in order for the, to be, to, the Pesach Shaini to be an option, right? So maybe Pesach Shaini is bringing a loan as a yachid, and it's Doiche Shabbos mm-hmm. and it's Doiche Tume. So the Gemara says, no, Mi Dochi tummah? is the Pesach Shein, Doiche Tume. So <coughs> as Rashi says, we'll see soon in the Gemara, the Gemara will discuss this. There's one mandama that says that Pesach Shaini is not Doiche so Rav Sheishis that was explaining this B'raiseh was following that opinion that Pesach Sheni is not Dei and therefore that can't be the Zevach that this B'raiseh is talking about. So now the Gemara questions this itself. the Rav and according to this Tana that says that Pesach Sheni is not Dei Chetumeh Pesach, what's the difference from the first, uh, what, what's the difference the, the Pesach, the Kor'elei Carbon Yachid. Sorry, go on, let, 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 me, let me start this again. The Gemara is going to come back to the Pesach Sheini being Taychetum soon. But here, the Gemara comes back actually to something that was said before in the Gemara on the Afnun Aleph. On the Afnun Aleph, the Gemara brought the B'raise of Rab Meir and Rab Yaakov. And they spoke about the carbon Pesach and the carbon Chagige. And the Gemara calls the carbon Pesach a carbon yachid. Rab Meir refers to the carbon Pesach as a carbon yachid. And Rabbi Yaakov refers to the carbon Chagige as a carbon sibar. So that's what the Gemara is going to explain now. carbon yachid. Why is the carbon pesach referred to as a carbon yachid? Or maishna carbon sibar. Why is the carbon khagiga called a carbon sibar? And the Gemara explains its question. mishum If you're going to say the carbon chagiga is called a carbon tibur, because that's when all Yidin gather on Yomtiv to bring the carbon at the same time. So, even though each individual has to bring their own carbon, but yet they're gathering together. So, therefore, it's called the carbon sibur. Pesach Nami, if so, say the same thing regarding the carbon Pesach. Asib All Yidin gathered together at the same time and therefore should be called a carbon sibur. So, the Gemara answers you're right. The Pesach Rishon has to be called a carbon sibur just like the, the, the carbon Chagige. But ikke pesach sheni What the Braise was referring to before, when it said that the pesach is a karbin yachid, it was referring to the pesach risha, to the pesach sheni. That is, pesach sheni does not come with all klal yisrael gathering. One person brings it alone. And therefore that was, that's what he said is called a carbon Yochid. So again, what did Rav Meir say before? Rav Meir was asking the question that you see that there's a carbon Pesach, that's Doiche Shabbos and it's Doiche tummeh, even though it is a carbon Yochid. What was he talking about? He was talking about the Pesach Sheini, not the Pesach Rishen. A malei. So he says to him, Im Kein, if so, ye." Doiche Shabbos Vesat So, so if, that, if that's what Rav Meir was speaking about, so that would come out that he's saying that even the Pesach Shani is Doichah Shabbos and it's Doichah Tuma. That's what Rav Meir was saying. Rav Meir was telling the Tanakhama there. You're saying that only a carbon tzebur is Doichah Shabbos and Tuma. Even a Pesach is also Doichah Shabbos and Tuma. And you're telling me that he's talking about Pesach Shani. So if so, it should come out that Pesach Shani is Doichah Shabbos and Tuma. Amalei. So you answered him. You write in according to Rav Meir, it is Doichah Shabbos and Tuma. He follows the opinion that says that Pesach Sheni <coughs> is Doiches Shabbos and Tumah. Not like what we said before. Before we said it's not, but now the Gemara brings a Braise that this is actually a Machlekes. The Tanya we learned in the Braise. We learned this in Pesachim. The Braise says Pesach Sheni Doiches a Shabbos. Pesach only pushes off Shabbos, but the Ain Doiches does not push off Tummah. That's the first of the mandoma But Rabbi Yehuda, Af Doiches a Pesach is Daikh Shabbos and it's also Deche That's what Rab Meir held, that the Pesach is just like the Pesach Rishon, that it's Deche Shabbos and Deche So this is a new machloikis that comes out of this whole union. What's the halach of the Pesach sheini? Is it Deche or not? So the Gemara now explains this machloikis. My the tana kama. Why does the Tana kama say that the Pesach shani is not Doiche Tome? It's only Doiche Shabbos but not Tome. Um the answer is, You pushed off this person to the Pesach shani because he was Tome. So therefore now he brings this Pesach Sheini. So he should make this carbon do it when he's Tome. The whole point of the Pesach shani is that he, we, we, he couldn't bring the carbon when he's Tome. So therefore there's no point of him bringing the Pesach shani when he's Tome. Right. So in other words, what he's saying is, even though usually we have a rule, any karma that has a set time, Kavu manai, it's doiche Shabbos and doiche but Pesach shani is an exception. Because the whole point of Pesach shani is that he should not bring it when he's Tomeh. But Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yudah says to you, O the tater says, K'chol chukas pesach I say. Referring to the Pesach shani that like all of the halochas of the first Pesach, you should do for the Pesach shani And therefore we compare the two, and we say, v'afile betumeh. Even if he's tame, you bring it just like the Pesach Rishon. Ah, the whole point is that he should not bring it when he's tame. That's why we pushed him off. So he explains: the Taira is trying to give him a chance to do the Pesach Sheni. The but if it happened to be that he became tame even by the Pesach Sheni, so then he brings the carbon even when he's Tameh. So therefore, it's Daych Shabbos and it's also Daych Tame. Okay, now the Gemara comes back to the uh, original iboya of Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Lozer. What was the iboya regarding the par koyen gadol of, of Yom Kippurim? Is there tsumuda there or not? And what's the question? The other brothers of the koyanim that are getting a kapoda together with the koyen gadol are they established here on this kapoda just as the, like the koyen gadol himself, or they're just floating along with him? The main kapoda is on the koyen gadol himself. So the Gemara now asks, we have a clear idea from a posik and a The Typically, why doesn't Rabbi Lazar answer his question?" The Tair when it says the by the carbon, the part that he brings, what does the Tair say? So there is a few times actually. It says, as the brayse here will say, the Tair says three times the term "asher loy." You have the psukim on the side of the Gemara. The Yichrib Anes and it says again Asher loy. three times. It says Asher loy. Mishaloi hu mevi, which means he has to bring this carbon from his own money, not uh, to take the money from the tzibur or from anybody else, from his own money. And the brayse here spells out all the details. The Tanya will learn the brayse. Asher the Torah says that the kind godless should bring this carbon from his own money, mishaloi who from himself. Vloim mishal tzibur, it doesn't come from the money of the tzibur. I would think that he's not allowed to take the money from the tzibor. Because this is a carbon that there's no kapara for the tzibor. The kapara is for the kayin, for his family, for the koyanim. But maybe I would still think he could take money from his the kayinim, from his brothers the to contribute to this carbon. Because the kapara de vidui, the second vidui he says on this carbon, is also for the koyanim. Talmud Lohi meditator says a second time. Vihikriv Arnaz Parachatas Asher again. So to tell you note that it's only from arna kayan himself and not even from his brothers the Koyinim. Yochail I would still think that Loyavi, Yavi, he should not L'Chadchileh take the money from his brothers, the Kayanim, to contribute for this carbon. <clears throat> but maybe yaved V'im, Hevi, Kosher. If the Kayanim did contribute to this carbon and it was brought, maybe it would be Kosher, because after all the Kapada is for them as well. Talmud loim the taita says a third time, Asher that the carbon has to be his. Shana Hakosov olav la the taita is saying it again to say that this is the way it must be. It must be only his own money, not from the Kayanim. So what do you see from here? So the gemara is saying from all of this, you see that Arna Kain is the only one that's donating to this carbon. It's his carbon. He's not allowed to take money from the tzeiba, not even from his brothers the Kainim. So doesn't that mean that the main kapara it's, it's for Arna Kain himself and his brothers the Kainim? If there's a kapara for them, they're just floating along with him. It's really his carbon. So this should answer Abulaz's question that this is a carbon yachid and there is tamura for this carbon. So the Gemara says, according to your logic that you're proving it from here, so why don't you ask a more basic question. Echav Aaron, the brothers the the HaKainim, if they don't contribute in any way to this carbon, it's totally Aaron Kain's private carbon and his money, so then how do they have a Kapada? Where do you find such a thing that Reuven brings a carbon and it's a kapada for Shimon? How is this a Kapada for the Echav if Aaron HaKain is its own private carbon? So what are you going to have to say? Shani You're going to have to say that over here, this money that Aran Akain designated for this carbon is different, and there's a special chidish here. The Taita is saying that Aran has to contribute his own money for his own carbon, but then the Taita the says that this carbon should belong to all of the Kainim, that the viduy and the kapara of the Kainim should be effective for all Kainim. So the Taita was mafkir his money to belong to all Kainim. Otherwise, it makes no sense that he's saying a and he's being mechaper for his brothers the so therefore, therefore Abelaza has the question regarding Tumura as well, Shani that maybe this carbon of Ara, this money that he contributed for this carbon is different. That the Taita says that the money of this carbon belongs also to all of the Kainim. And the Bachov here adds a few words to the Gemara. And therefore we could still say that the Kapara of all the Kainim, they're not floating along with Aran and Kainim himself, but they are established on the kapoda of the carbon, So therefore that question was still, still remains a question. No, the Gemara is not <laughs> Peshit. The, uh, the, the Gemara is not Peshit the Sibaya, correct. Now we continue going back to exactly where we were holding with the Aveda of the Kohen-Godl, Yom Kippur. So Where were we holding? After the Kohen-Godl took the handful of the kateiras, the hafina, out of the uh, shovel, and now he has a machta of fire on one hand, and the calf of the Keteris in the other hand, and he has to go into the Kedosh HaKadoshim. So here, the next thing the Mishnah will discuss is exactly what route he takes to enter into the Kedosh HaKadoshim. So he walks into the Hechol, and he comes to the Kedosh HaKadoshim, and there are two curtains, HaMavdiloys, that separate Ben and Kedosh HaKadoshim. Uh, two curtains there, uvene and namma, and between them, the space of namma. An and he walked between those curtains, and he entered into the kodesh hakadoshim. Rabbi Yisiahim and Rabbi Yisiah says, "Lehayso sham ela pareiches achas bulvat." There was only one pareiches in the base of mikdash. Shenamar vevdila pareiches l'chem ben a kodesh v'en kodesh hakadoshim. There's one pereiches, it says by the Mishkan, that there's one pereiches that separates between the Kadesh and the Kadesh HaKadoshim. So he doesn't have to walk between the pereiches to go inside, but he can walk straight in, there's an opening by the pereiches and he goes straight in and the, 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 into the Kadesh HaKadoshim. Okay, so there's a clear Pasek that says pareiches, there's one pareiches. So the Gemara asks, Shappik HaMuLu Yaisi is bringing a clear Pasek that there's only one pareiches. No, but I was, we'll see soon in the Gemara slow. that uh, when the, if there was two, he had to walk all the way in between. We'll see him at Hashem. Okay, so Rabbi Yaisi's question is, the, 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 the Pasek clearly says there's one pareiches. So the G'mon answers as follows. Rabbanin Omri will tell you, Hanimili B'mishkan. Yeah, in the Mishkan there was only one Parekhes. Avo B'miktosh Sheni, specifically in the second base of Miktosh, here there were two Parekheses. Why? the Deloi Havoi Amatraxen. Since in the second base of Miktosh they did not have the Amatraxen. What is this Amatraxen? So Rashi explains, Amr refers to a very tall wall that separated between the Kaidesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And that wall was an Amr thick. and it's called Traksan. There are what the word Traksan means. Rashi says Traksan is a combination of two words. According to the Rishalmi, the combination of the two words are Trak and Sin. It means inside and outside. It separates between what's inside and what's outside. That's Rashi's pshat. Teisus' pshat is that Traksan means? Trak means to open, uh, to, to close. Actually, trak means to close, and sin is Sinai, which refers to the luchais. The wall of the Kedesh kadashim closes and, and, and separates from the luchais that are there in the aron. So that's why it was called traksin. But it was an Amathik in the first base of mikdash. Now the problem was when it came to the second base of mikdash, the second base of mikdash was taller than the first base of mikdash. So if they would want to rebuild the same wall with the same thickness of an armor, so then they're going to have to figure out how this wall can stand that height when it's taller. And So this uh, thickness of an armor, they couldn't make the wall taller because it wouldn't be able to stand. So now what would they do? They would make it thicker than Amo. You're not allowed to change the measurement of the space of the Kaidish and the Kiddush Kadasham. The height they were allowed to make it higher. But the space they can't add to the thickness of this wall. So if they can't add to the thickness of the wall they were stuck. They couldn't build this wall. So therefore instead they put up two curtains. So the Gemara explains. Hu <laughs> In the Beis mikdash, the first Beis mikdash, they had this wall that was thick and Amah and that separated between the Kedush and the Kedush HaKadoshim. And then when it came to the base of mikdash, the the Ishtapkelohu Rabbonon The, the Rabbonon had now a suffolk regarding the kedusha of that Amah. What's the halacha of the kedusha of that Amah? Ikelefnen, is the, the, is, Does that Amah have the kedusha of the Kedush HaKadoshim? Or does that Amah have the kedusha of outside? And therefore, therefore they made two perechis with a space of an amah in between and that space of an amah in between the Kedusha of it is either like inside or like outside. They had a suffix when they gave it to this Kedusha. So the huh? the they, 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 they can't build a wall on that amah because it's too tall. So it's not going to stand. It sense. was because it was lower so the thickness of a wall was thick enough to hold so the height of this wall. Second base. The, basic, the second base of was taller. Godly covered our eyes V'zerah, it was posher taller, so they couldn't, they couldn't build it the, the same thickness, it's not going to stand. To add to the thickness, they're not allowed to add. So they, the, then that space of an Amr, so maybe you'll say, so just leave that space of an Amr, just put up a parechis instead. But that space of an Amr, there's a suffolk if it belongs inside or outside. So they made two parechis and with a space of an Amr in between. I was hired, you made The walls from the floor. Huh? Was, the was the, the, height, the height the height of the base of was higher wall, taller the wall. yeah the 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 Kodesh everything the entire base of was higher. Okay, so this is this, this is the pshat that you have here in the Gemara. So as I mentioned, you have Rashi's pshat and Tosas's pshat in, in the title of the word Terakson. There's a de digesiche from the Rebbe about this Gemara in Chelak Lamadvav in There the Rebbe says that according to the Rambam, this Am Terakson. Is actually a place. Even though in the simple pshat of Gemara, it seems like that there's a suffic there here in this in the kedusha of this place, but that ever proves from the lashon of the Rambam that la maskana, the Rambam holds that this place, which is in between, this amma in between, is considered to be a place for itself that has its own category. It's not a suffic. You have the Kaidesh then you have this space of an ama, and then you have the Kedesh HaKadoshim. Three different places. And the Rebbe actually brings this elashon that's used regarding the Kedesh HaKadoshim sometimes. It's called a Dvir. And this Dvir actually goes on this Amma in between. This space of an Amma. So the, the, so the Reb explains that the Thaisis here asks the question, if the point is to keep an ama in between, why can't they just make one thick pareches that's thick an Amma? can weave a very very thick thread, and very thick perechas, a thick an why do you need that space in between? So the Rambam holds this space in between was actually had a kadusha for itself. It was like an intermediary between the Kaidash and the Kedush of Kadasham. That's what this Amur is all about. Okay, let's continue the Gemara. So now the Gemara is going to get back to the point of the mission of Mahalach, exactly how is he walking? So it said in the Mishnah, he walks to the pereiches and he goes inside. But how, what's the route that he takes? So we have uh, three different opinions in the B'raisset. Tana the B'raisset said, that the first opinion is, the route is as follows. When he walks into the heichal, he's going to walk between the mezbeach and the menoidah. So let's, let's uh, remember, if you have the picture, you could see this. But basically the menoidah is on the darim side, the shulchan the is on the tzofen side, and the Mizbeach is in the middle, right? So according to the first opinion, he's walking towards Darim side, and he's walking between the Mizbeach and the Meneire, and then he gets to the Pareiches at the Dorim side. That's the Divrei Rab Yehuda. Rab Meir, 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 says, no, he walks on, towards the Tzafen side, pein shulchan le Mizbeach, he's gonna be walking between the shulchan and the Mizbeach closer to Tzafen. And the Haimrim, the third opinion is Ben shulchan that he walks all the way towards the and he walks mamish along the wall, the Tzofan wall, straight to the Kodesh Hakadosh. So the Gemara explains Shaimrim, Who is this last opinion? This is Rab of our Mishnah that said that there's only one Pereiches. The Amar, and according to Rab that there's only one Pereiches, he holds. And the Gemara explains this later on Afnon Tes. So according to his opinion, pischeh betzofan koi. The opening where the pereiches of the Kadesh kadashim was folded over to be able to enter inside. Where was it? It was on the Tzafin side. And therefore according to Rabbi he walks along the wall on Tzafin side and he goes straight into the Kadesh kadashim on the Tzafin side. The Gemara is going to later explain that according to the Mandama that you go on the Darim side. So there was, like the Rabbanan said, there was a double pereiches. And the way it worked is, the Kohen Gadol entered into the Periches on the Dodim side. That's where it was folded over. And then he had to walk through the entire Amma in between to the Tzafin side. And then he entered in from the Tzafin. But he had to walk through that entire Amma. So therefore he went towards the Darim side. Okay, so now the Gemara explains. Rabbi Yehuda says, Pishibu Darim the opening is on the Dorim side, as I just explained. That you have to walk uh, the, to the opening of the first Pereiches on Dorim, walk through the entire Amma, and then enter on the Tzaphen side. Now asks, uh, Rab Meir commands Rab opinion, who does he follow? What does Rab say? Rab says he goes towards Tzaphen, but not all the way at the wall by Tzaphen. He goes between the Shulchan and the Mizbeyach. So what exactly is the basis of Rav Meir's opinion? <coughs> if he holds like Rabbi Yehuda that the Koyim God is going to enter on the d'orim side, so then nail K'Rabbi let him go in like Rabbi Yehuda towards d'orim side, between the Mizbeyach and the Minayra, not between the Mizbeyach and the Shulchan, towards Tzafim. If he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehudi that is, that he enters in on Tzafen, so nail K'Rab So let him walk in like Rabbi Yehudi by the wall, all the way by Tzafen's side. Why is he walking between the Shulchan and the Mizbeach? Let him go straight in by the wall to, into the opening of the Perechas. So the Gemara answers, Really, he holds like Rabbi Yehudi's opinion. And he'll tell you as follows, he can't walk in by the wall, because there's something that's blocking there. Shulchanes in the first base of there were uh, ten shulchanes that were there. There were five shulchanes on one side of the shulchan and five on the other side. Shleima Melech, we learned about this before that he built he built additional shulchanes that were placed in the base of Mikdash, and therefore those shulchanes with v'darim monachen. They were positioned on both sides of the main shulchan that they built, and both sides. They were, they were positioned tzafen v'darim. What does it mean they were positioned tzafen vidarim? So Rashi explains, they were lined up. They were lined up in their length. One ne- next to the other. Five... No, no, and vidarim. One second, they were, they were lined up from tzafen towards dadim. There's two opinions. Rashi here brings it, it's a How were these tables lined up? Were these tables lined up? Again, you have the, like, you have the length of a table. They were, la- they were lined up one next to the other. So how were they lined up? So according to the opinion that we're saying now, they were lined up from tzafin, starting from tzafin, going towards Dada. How long was each table? So now she brings each, to each table was two amos long. So if these tables are lined up one and one next to the other, and it's five tables, and each table is two amos long, so you're talking about ten amas. Like basically like a long table, one continuing from the next, ten amos long. How wide was the entire hechel? The entire hechel was twenty amos wide. The Shulchanes are supposed to be only on Tzafen side Including these tables that shleimah HaMelech put inside They're all supposed to be only on Tzafen side So if you want those tables to be only on the Tzafen side Which is the 10 amos of Tzafen and not to protrude into the Dodim side It has to start all the way by the wall they, they started the table Mamish by the wall And then it continued 10 Amis Till the end no. of Tzafon's side, so it comes out that according to this opinion, you can't walk by the wall because it's it's uh, cut. it's it's, it's cutting the Shulchanis are, are cutting off your way to go there. Right? Maybe, but he's saying in the first, so it could be because this is the way it was done in the first place of Migdish. it continued this way in the second place of Mikdash as well. So it was. So it Gemara says, so therefore the Shulchan separates your path or cuts off your path to be able to go in near the wall. You can't enter from there. Rashi actually points out, but, but if, that's, if that's the way that it separates, it goes 10 feet basically. You have these two rows of tables, 10 feet long. So how can he go between the Mizbeach and the Shulchan? Doesn't it cut off his path there as well? So Rashi explains, but the Mizbeach was not between the Shulchan and the Menite. The Mizbeach was further to the front. So he's able to go between and get his way in. Okay, so that's why it didn't go like what Rabbi Yaisi says. Vibayseim, and the Gemara gives another teretz, Le'oilam Mizrach Meirav Menochen." If you want, I can say that really those tables that Shleim HaMelech built were not going from tzoffen towards Dorim they did not obstruct this path, they were going from Mizrach to Mairef, so he did have a path to go straight along the wall, straight into the Qadosh HaKadoshim, but the reason he didn't go is because of this, the presence of the Shekhinah in the Qadosh HaKadoshim, LAV it's not that to walk straight ahead, when you walk straight ahead, so from where the kohen Godel starts walking, he can see straight into the Kayadosh HaKadoshim, straight in. It's more that to come from the side, and he's not able to look directly into the Kayadosh HaKadoshim from when he starts walking. Rabbi Yaisi according to this pshat, so what does Rabbi Yis'i say? Why could the kohen Godel on Yom Kippur walk with, with such a, like a, such a kite? He walks straight in in a straight path and he doesn't have to come from the side. Rabbi Yez, tells you, Chaviv Yisrael, no, this expresses the love of the Ebi Yidin, and the truth is that the Yidin don't even need a shliach, for the Godel. that is, to go in for them to the Kaedush HaKadoshim. Rashi over here says that really, the Eibusha says that Rashi brings a pasuk that it says regarding the first base of Mikdash that Ish Yaporas That really every individual Yid could come and dive into the Eibusha, and he doesn't even need the Kohen Gadol because it's the love that the E-bishter has for every single Yid. So, therefore, even when you do send the Kohen Gadol as a shliach, the Kohen Gadol can go in directly. you can walk in straight because of the love of the Eibusha to Yid. Gemara concludes this opinion, and the Gemara asks Rabbi Yehuda, not going back to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, what did Rabbi Yehuda say? That you have to enter from the Dorim side. Now, but even according to Rabbi Yehuda, he doesn't walk along the wall. He goes between the Meneire and the Mizbeach, towards often, but not near the wall. So the question is, Rabbi Yehuda, Nami, nail by why doesn't he walk all the way towards Darim, near the wall? So the Gemara answers, he can't go over there, because ma'sh the meneire that's near the wall, so it makes the wall black. If he's going to walk near the wall, he's going to rub against the wall and his, his begotten, his white begotten are going to get black. So therefore he walks between the Mizbeach and the meneire not to get black by the wall. The, I mentioned Rashi's Pshat, that the love of the Ebishter for is the fact that the Ebishter says every Yid kedaven himself to the Ebishter. The Taisis Yishanim says that the love of the Ebishter for is the fact that the Kohen Gadol came in without any bells, that made, that made no noise. Every day when the Kohen Gadol came in, <speaking> in <Spanish> What does that mean? Before you come into the Ebishter, so it's proper uh, to make noise, that I'm coming, not just to, to come in. Kan Godl, when he came in on Yom Kippur, so he made he made no noise because he's the, the love of the Eibushur is that he can come in without knocking on the door, so to speak. And therefore, he can go straight in towards the wall that goes straight into the entrance. That's the Taisis Hishana. But if you remember, Rashi learned before Rashi's opinion was that the handle of the of the pan had a bell had a ring that made noise. That's Rashi's Shitta. But other Yishayim hold that it did not have that ring and he walked in quietly. So over here you see this machlekas as well.